We're going to be in the book of Acts this morning. Acts chapter 23 is where we're going to start. If you've got your Bible, eight years ago, I was going through a personal storm. Uh, The Lord was leading me to, to leave the business that I had started 12 years earlier, and he wasn't leading me to sell the business. He was leading me to walk away from the business, just just walk out and to come to the church in a, in a full-time capacity. The problem was that the church at that time could not pay me a full-time salary. They were paying me as a part-time youth pastor, and the Lord was saying, walk away from your job and live off of what the church is paying you as a part-time youth pastor. Now, this created a storm of emotion in my life. I'm going to be real honest with you. There were, there were winds and waves of, of fear and doubt and anxiety that, that were coming all over me. And if you think, oh, man, Pastor Chris, he's just this man of faith. It took me about 10 months to, to actually obey God. You know, I knew that I was supposed to do it, and I made up every excuse in the world not to do it. But then we finally made the leap. But God was leading me into this storm. Now, we don't, we don't think about that sometimes. There are times that God will lead us into a storm. And he was leading me into this storm, and he told me that if I would follow his direction, that I'll make it to the other side. He did not promise me that uh, the storm would be short. In fact, he, he so lovingly let me know that it was going to be about a three-year storm. Isn't that faith-filling? Hey, you're going to go through something that's going to last for three years, but I'll get you to the other side. Thanks, God. I knew that it wasn't going to be short. I knew it wasn't going to be comfortable. It wasn't comfortable to my emotions. It wasn't comfortable to my pocketbook. It wasn't comfortable to my family. The Lord was asking me to do this right about the time that my oldest daughter, Elise, was graduating for high school and getting ready to go to college. So that's a fun conversation that you like to have with with your children. Hey, um, I know we said we were going to help you with college, but, man, God just messed that up. (laughs) So it was not comfortable. God didn't promise that it would be comfortable. He didn't promise that it would be easy, but he promised that I'd get to the other side. It makes me think of the, the 23rd Psalm. There in the first verse, it says, The Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need. But if you go down to the the fourth verse, the first part of the verse there, it says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I want. I have all that I need. Even when I'm walking through the darkest valley. Now, a lot of you know that a a more traditional translation says, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there are times that the Lord will lead us through a dark valley. He didn't create the valley, but he's leading us through it because he has purpose in it. And we still need, we still have all we need because he is our shepherd. See, the first verse doesn't change just because we're going through the dark valley. He is still our shepherd. We still have all we need. We're just in a dark valley. 
You see, eight years ago, when the, the, the Lord was leading me to, to take this, this step of faith, he gave me this message. This message I'm about to give you is recycled and old. <laughs> is that okay? Because most of you haven't heard it, and those of that you have have forgotten it. <laughs> but the Lord gave me this message at that time, and it ministered to me. See, I, what, one of the best parts of, of my job is 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 getting to put together the lessons because I get to connect with God and I get to learn even as, as I'm writing out the sermon. And the Lord gave me this message back when I was going through this storm and I taught it in youth and I haven't thought about it in five or six years. You see, we're in a, we're in a series called Great News. And this, this Bible is full of great stories and full of great news. And he said, Tell them the great news is sometimes there's purpose in your storm. And I knew right where he was going. You don't understand. The people are going through a storm, and they need to know if they'll follow my direction, they'll make it through to the other side. So how do we begin to to make it through this storm? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 gives us a key. In everything, give thanks for this it's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I hear people all the time saying, I don't know what God's will for, for me is. This is God's will for you. You don't know what God's will for you is? Be thankful. <laughs> Start to praise. How about this one? Romans 5.3 says, but we exalt. Now, that's exalt, not exalt. E-X-A-L-T, exalt, means to, to, to lift up. Exalt, E-X-A-L-T. U-L-T, that means to be joyful. So listen to the scripture. But we are joyful in our tribulations. We are, we are joyful in our tribulations knowing, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance is not just a putting up with. Oh, I can make it through. You know, I I can just hang on. No, perseverance is building a steadfast heart inside of us. So even when we go through tribulation, God can take it and work something real in our lives. So we go through stuff at times, right? And sometimes it's not because of sin. But we go through things. A lot of the things that we do go through is not because of sin in our life. It's because God's got purpose in it. And we'll only realize, we'll only realize what he's really up to when we're on the other side. So we're going to take a, take a look this morning at the Apostle Paul, the preeminent apostle of the New Testament, wrote three-fourths of the New Testament, yet he had to learn that there was purpose in the storm. We're going to start in Acts 23. In verse 11, let me give you just a little bit of of back history here before we read the verse. Paul has gone down to Jerusalem. He's been all over the, basically all over the world, all over the the Middle East there, and he's been preaching Jesus, and he decides to go, go to Jerusalem. And while he's in Jerusalem, some people recognize him, and they stir up a riot. And the Roman soldiers come in, and they arrest Paul because they think that he's It's his fault that this is happening. So they arrest him, and they put him in jail, okay? So this is where we pick up in Acts 23, 11. It says that night, that very night that he got arrested, the Lord appeared to Paul and said, be encouraged. Woo-hoo, I'm in jail. 
Just as you have been a witness to me in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. So here's the Lord. The Lord appeared to him and gave him purpose, gave him direction, and told him exactly what he was going to do. Have you ever been praying? You ever been wondering? Ever been struggling with something? And the Lord really does give you a, a, a little glimpse of something, a little direction. Oh, this is where we're going to go. And, and it feels like just a, a whole weight has come off of you. And you're going, oh, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. I know what God wants me to do. But here, let's talk about his journey now. His journey begins. We're going to flip over to, to chapter 27. Acts 27 Acts 27.1, when the time came, we set sail for Italy. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in custody of a Roman officer named Julius, a captain of the Imperial Regiment. They're setting sail for Italy. God told him he was going to go to Rome. They're setting sail for Italy. In verse 4, it says, putting out to sea from there, we, encur- we encountered strong headwinds that made it difficult to keep the ship on course. <clears throat> now, sometimes we have the mistaken belief that just because I have a word from God, that just because I have direction from God, everything is going to be easy. And I want you to see right here, Paul, at the very, very beginning, just as they're starting, it's already difficult. It's already difficult. There's something already coming against him on, the, on the, the road, on the track to do what God has told him to do. It's already difficult. And we may have that attitude, well, of course. You know, the devil knows that I, you know, I'm such a warrior for Christ. He's going to come against me, right? But get thee behind me, Satan. It started off difficult. The winds were so bad, as Scripture tells us, that they tried to, to slowly sail around the island, and they wanted to stay close to the coast. But verse 7 says, we had several days of slow sailing after great difficulty. We've gone from it being difficult to now it's great difficulty. We finally, ne- we finally neared Canidas, but the wind was against us. Look, it's already, we're, we're only... We're only a couple of scriptures into this, and we've, we've already gone from difficult to greatly difficult, right? Are you sure God's in this? Because you know, when, 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 when God does something, it's always easy, right? But sometimes we have the attitude, I'm suffering for Jesus, right? I'll do this for Jesus. But then it really hits. Verse 14, but the weather changed abruptly. We've already had difficult wind. We've already had very difficult wind. But now the weather has changed abruptly. And the wind of a typhoon called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. Remember, they were trying to stay close to the coast. They were sailing close to the coast. In case things got bad, they could anchor. But this wind came along and blew them completely out to sea. The King James Version gives this typhoon a name, Eurachlodon. Sounds like a dinosaur or something. Why did the Lord even lead me to talk about this? Because we're all going through a storm together. This is a very unique time in history. A lot of times we're going through a storm and it's just us. But right now, this entire planet is going through a storm. Some of us have been more affected than others. 
Some of us have, have lost jobs. Some of us have had hours cut back. Some of us have known people that, are, that, that have been sick. Kind of sounds like a Eurachlodon, doesn't it? And this is about the time that a lot of us would quit. God, you told me to do this, and it's been difficult. I tried to keep going, and it's been greatly difficult. God, I love you so much, but then a typhoon comes. I'm not going to do this. Lord, this is not bringing me love, joy, and peace. See, and the thing is, as we go through these things, we learn to love in the midst of them. We learn joy in the midst of the storm. And we learn to have peace in the midst of the storm. And if we quit now, we're never going to see the purpose of God. And we're going to keep going in verse 20. It says, the terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars. You ever felt it's just that dark? Things in life are just being thrown at us one after another, and it just seems that dark. Everything that we thought that we could use to guide us, the sun and the stars, it's gone. Everything that we thought that would sustain us, it's gone, and it's brought us to a place that it says, At last, all hope was gone. At last, all hope was gone. Boy, this doesn't sound very faith-filled, does it? You know, what I grew up around, you know, just confess it to go away. And we do need to have a confession of faith, but there has to be a time sometimes when we're just being honest with ourselves. All hope was gone. My strength, my mental and my physical strength was gone. Wisdom, experience, education can't get me there. And God will bring us to this place sometimes where we can rely on nothing but him. It feels like he's crushing us, but he's really freeing us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 say, We think you ought to know, dear brothers. This is Paul writing. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. Once again, this is the preeminent apostle of the New Testament saying we can't handle it. We were crushed. We were broken. It was more than we could endure. And we thought we would never live through it. Now listen to this. Verse 9. The last part of verse 8 says, we we, uh, we would never live through it. We thought we would never live through it. <clears throat> in verse 9, in fact, we expected to die. But as a result, as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. Have you felt like your dreams have been crushed Dreams have died, promises that you felt like the Lord had given you. Now they feel like they're dead and they're dying. We've done everything that we could do to make it happen. But I just feel like it's crushed and it's dying. And the Lord will bring us to this place at times. So we'll realize it doesn't depend on us. It depends on him. And we serve a God that raises the dead. He raises dead dreams. He raises dead promises. It may feel like it's been dead, but he's ready to raise it. Don't quit. 
we got to understand that faith without test is theory. We hear a lot of things, and it's pumped into us. But we have to have that opportunity to live it, or it's not really real to us. So don't quit. This is where we learn to, to give thanks in all things. This is where we learn, like Job said, even if he's going to kill me, he is still my hope. This is the reason that God has led us to this place. So we can stop being in control. And he can start being in control. He is not trying to harm us. I promise you that. He is not trying to harm us. He's trying to get us to the place where we go, God, you do it. God, you do it. I trust you, God. I trust you. You take it. You do it. Because everything that he's poured inside of us is really meaningless if we don't have the opportunity to live it. It's kind of like when I was teaching my kids to ride a bicycle. You know, the little bikes, and they've got the, the training wheels on there, and they're so cute with their little helmets on and everything. Girls are awesome. But you take the little, the little training wheels off, and they've got their little pink helmet with, with uh, flowers and stars all over it. And they're going to ride without it, you know, and they're very wobbly. But, you know, Dad's right behind them. Dad's not going to let go. Dad's going to make sure that they're okay. But Dad, in his mind, knows sooner or later, they got to ride. They got to ride. Because if Dad's always doing it, their faith in their ability is not real. So I, I let go knowing that my daughters were going to tumble over. No, mostly I let go because they got going too fast and I'm too fat to run after them. But, uh, <laughs> but their faith that they could ride a bicycle was being tested. And they had to put it into, into place, into purpose. So here's where the, where the plot thickens. In the midst of the storm, remember, they've been out there for many days. For many days, um, they, they've not seen the sun or the stars. They're just being thrown around by this storm. But in the middle of that, right in the middle of that, it says the angel came and reassured Paul of God's direction to go to Rome. And he also told him everybody on the ship would survive. When it seems overwhelming, God will breathe some hope back into us. So everything's going to get better, right? Wrong. The ship crashes. Sometimes God will let our ships crash just to get us where he wants us. Just to get us there. Sometimes our plans, our dreams, our desires will crash just to get us where he wants us. Remember, Abraham just wanted a son. God wanted a nation. So there came the time when the son of promise that Abraham waited 100 years for, God said, give him back. That was a storm. You got to know that was a storm. It says they traveled two or three days out to, to sacrifice. What is Abraham thinking this whole time? That was a storm, but God was looking for a nation. So everyone survives when the ship wrecks, just like Paul told them that they would. So all the bad stuff's over, right? No. While helping the shipwrecked people, Paul gets bitten by a poisonous snake. And I'm just like, I remember the first time I read this. I hadn't been saved that long, and I'm reading this story, and I went, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He didn't get to Rome? I mean, remember the first time you read it, and it's all new, and you don't know what's going to happen. It's almost like reading a novel for the first time. He didn't get to Rome. His ship crashed. 
And all he's doing is being a good person, helping people out, and he gets bit by a poisonous snake. This is just about the time when I'm going, I quit, I go home. This is over, I'm done with this. But we can't quit because it's just getting good. This is where it's just getting good. Here's where we really start to see God's hand in the whole story. When the typhoon blew, you can see that they they started from around Crete, and they got blown out to sea. There's nothing in the Mediterranean there but thousands of miles of nothingness. Now, getting blown, the most likely place for them to, to, to crash would have been on the coast of Africa. The only thing between them and Africa is this tiny little island called Malta. That's where they crash. They happen to crash on an island that has never heard the great news of Jesus. And of the hundred, of, hundred miles of, of shoreline on Malta, they just happen to crash in the Roman governor's backyard. So when Paul got bit and all the islanders see him and they think he's going to die and then he doesn't die, they think he's a god. And they take him to the Roman governor's house whose name was Publius, and his father was sick, probably dying, and God heals the father, and revival breaks out. This whole storm was to get Paul right where God wanted him to be, doing what God had called him to do. So what's the last bit of the story? Here's what the Bible doesn't tell us, but history does tell us. This was the first time that uh, Jesus had ever been preached on Malta. The Roman governor became a Jesus follower and changed his occupation. He became the first pastor at the church of Malta. And 2,000 years later, Malta has the highest percentage of professing Christians per capita of any nation in the world. And here's what the Bible does tell us. Paul got to Rome just like God said that he would. Because there's purpose, even in the storm, even when it seems like things are not going our way, even when it seems like this is not what's supposed to be happening, even when it feels like it's difficult, it's greatly difficult, even when it feels like the winds have shifted against us, even when it feels like Eurachlodon has has woken up and, and come to fight us. There's purpose in the storm. What if Paul had quit? What if Paul said, I'd had enough? What if he had said it was too hard? The island of Malta wouldn't have heard the gospel. So the question is, who's going to be affected if you quit? Because each and every one of us have a purpose in the kingdom of God. There was purpose in Paul's storm. I know there's purpose in your storm. We all have storms. My storm, as I started this, was about leaving a comfortable position but God wanted to stretch me beyond where I, where I had been. He wanted to teach me faith that I didn't have before. And I was learning to stop relying on myself and start relying only on God. And that's a lesson that we all have to learn if we're going to be useful in the kingdom. So what do I want you to know? The great news is there is purpose in your storm. And what do I want you to feel? Even though you may feel crushed 
and overwhelmed. Feel hope starting to surge because you serve the God that raises the dead. And what do I want you to do? Realize that the storm is only temporary. It's only temporary. You know, if the Lord hadn't have told me that storm was, was going to be three years long, I may have quit in the middle of it, but I had something. I knew it was temporary. Realize that it's an opportunity for your faith to really live and determine that you're going to ride the storm to the end so God's purposes can be fulfilled. Amen? Amen.